head on over to patreon.com forward slash severe mma podcast right now to support the podcast and sign up for our premium content and now here's the podcast the pride of limerick the young man named sean sheehan the mma media don graham mcdonald the severe MMA people that are coming to the local shows way before everyone else. To see them coming up and they're getting their shot and I'm proud that people are coming up with me. Welcome, welcome everybody. It's episode 154 of the Severe MMA podcast. My name is Sean Sheehan and with me, like every week, is the Frank Iroh of Irish MMA media, Graham McDonald, for another fun chat for about an hour here about the biggest uh, occurrences in MMA in this 14-day period around the 11th of the third 2018 <laughs> 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 beautiful wasn't it uh do you know I, i've actually been listening to dave Meltzer's podcasts with um with brian alvarez and really you haven't mentioned this before no no I did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but every time i go to start the podcast now i i go to say it like him's like shunchin and graham mcdonald here wrestling observer live but yeah but no i can't do that but anyway we're going to be talking about uh ufc london we're going to be talking about bama 34 from last week graham was at cage legacy uh at the weekend we're going to be talking about nick newell as well who had a big win over the weekend and we'll discuss his future bisping and rockhold are talking about fighting again uh so we'll discuss a bit about that as well and we'll get to all your questions before we do that a huge shout out to all, I think there's 50 people now so far have signed up to our Patreon. Unbelievable it has been so far. Want to thank you all very much. I'll give you a shout out at the end of the podcast as well. Uh, absolutely, the support has been huge. And if anyone hasn't signed up, please go and do it. Patreon.com forward slash severe MMA podcast. We have a load of stuff already up. We have an interview with Ken Early. We talked about before the Man United Liverpool match, which we'll get to in a second. Uh, we we talked about that, but uh, we talked for uh, about half an hour as well about Conor McGregor and MMA and doping and stuff with him. So go back and check that out. I have this new show. I might be calling it Flashback Friday from now on. Call a rewatch at the moment. I went back and I watched Conor McGregor versus Chad Mendes and kind of commentated over it, gave a bit of analysis on it. Graham interviewed um, Jordan Breen. That's over half... I don't know if he pissed or tired Jordan Breen, but it's pretty funny anyway. <laughs> go, go and listen to that. We'll also have a podcast about Man United and Liverpool up by the time you hear this. And we have one the as well. We should call it the, the Sean Sheehan Gloatcast. The Gloatcast, yeah. We'll actually we'll call it that. Okay, the Sean Sheehan Gloatcast. But sign up there. You can sign up. There's, there's three different... This was the announcement You know, we've been talking about for the last few weeks. There's three different uh, things you can sign up for. The cheapest of which is only $5. So it's less... Less than a pint in Dublin and a little bit more than a pint in Limerick, but uh, it, it's not too bad for a, a, once a month. Once a month, we're going to have 10 hours at least of of uh, stuff going up. This podcast will be remaining free as it always has. So if you want to just stay here and listen to this one, perfect. But if you want to support us, support the website, $5. What's it about $4.50 or something like that, Graham? Cheap enough. Yeah, it's it's uh, going to be loads of content there. There's, as you said, there's nearly 50 people signed up already. Um, we're trying, to, the, we're trying the, to get to 100. We want to get to 100. Yeah, if you if you there's only I think five or six places left for the the twenty dollar one, and with the twenty dollar one, we'll send you we'll send you a notorious uh, Conor McGregor film um, prize, either a DVD or a one of the poster big posters that was used at the premiere. I have uh, a few of them still to go. So first come first served on that on those ones. Um, yeah, you know it's good to see like straight away when we put it up, a lot of people signed up, and it it, it was uh, heartwarming. It warmed a, a cold cold. 
hard down in Limerick. The cockles are your heart. And did it warm you enough to keep you warm? I'm you're cold heart. Am I, am I cold heart? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> were you warm up enough though to, to get over the old Liverpool smashing there uh, on on uh, on Saturday? Are you okay? Uh, I was already feeling? I was already warmed up after all them uh, penalty decisions weren't given, and the the Anderson Silva made a return with a front kick, uh, or uh, Tony Valencia. And I got away with it. So uh, you're making the same joke now again that you made in the podcast we just did, didn't you? <laughs> it's gotta be I got to be with the best jokes for the free people. <laughs> <didn't I? laughs> but yeah, it was a brilliant performance from Man United. Liverpool, absolutely terrible. Fair play, Craig Pawson, legend, boy, legend. Get them, get He's that. <laughs> but yeah, terrible Liverpool performance. Brilliant by uh, by Man United. Uh, 100% deserved it. New York, where are you at? 100% New York, deserved it, my ass. Where are you at, New York, Rick? Yeah. New York, Rick. Yeah, it's good to have New York, Rick, on board. He made a great choice. Um, Sporting losers. We'll see. We'll see what happens come end of the season. We'll see who who's left standing in the like- Champions League. That's not exactly a big threat from a Liverpool fan now, is it? We'll see what we'll happens see. in the season. Yeah, you'll finish third or something. And I'm never... talking about the real shit. I'm not talking provincial nonsense. Come on. Ah, God, you're not going to win the Champions League either. We're talking continental stuff here, Sean. Mm-hmm. Get with mm-hmm. it. And the only continental stuff Liverpool will be getting is a fucking breakfast. Let's be honest there. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, oh, that was quality. That was All right, let's... <laughs> it was so bad, it was funny. <laughs> right, let's get into let's get into the MMA straight away. Let's let's talk first about Cage Legacy. You were at Cage Legacy the weekend. I actually only after coming in, I was down in the beer in Shkartaglin. Shout out to all the boys down there in Kerry. So I didn't see any of it. Didn't see the results or anything. What kind of a turnout was it? What kind of a night was it? What were the fights like? Yeah, it was it was a obviously a small arena up in Drogheda, uh, but it was packed. Uh, it was a really good crowd. Uh, Paddy Houlihan was in a grappling match against Dave Roach. Um, uh, Eddie Bravo Invitational Rules. So we went to. Or if you want to, if you want, if if, if you want to not know the results and watch the videos, then pause this now and go over to Severe YouTube page or SevereMay.com. We're going to talk about the results now. So, yeah, uh, Paddy Hulan against Dave Roach in a grappling match. It went to overtime and um, sudden victory, and Paddy Paddy Hulan ended up winning. The crowd were were huge on Paddy's side, and Paddy seemed to really enjoy it. I think it brought back memories of uh, of his fighting days, so that was nice. And then. Um, there was a few amateur amateur fights on the card as well. Uh, Carl McCann got a good got a good win, uh, but his opponent Carl Burns seemed to he he got from from food choked, but he seemed to do something to his Achilles or his ankle afterwards, and he seemed in a lot of pain. So hopefully he's all right. And then um, uh, Lee Hammond and Jack Monahan had an IMMAF uh, trial. Mm-hmm. Jack Monahan was five or six and zero going into it, and Lee Hammond was eight and three going into it. It was a great fight, which Lee Hammond fights always seem to be great fights. Um, back and forth for a while, but Lee Lee ended up getting his back and uh, sinking in the rear naked choke. And that's up on the YouTube as well, isn't it? I saw a bit of the the finish, or it's on our Facebook, is it? Yeah, it's up on the YouTube and the, and the website as well, and you, you can find it on all our social media as well. Uh, so that was another good win for Lee Hammond. Uh, he's 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 filled out a bit. He he looks he looks to be more well rounded. Obviously, these guys are amateurs, like they're they're still they're still infants in the game. They're still improving. And Lee Lee's jiu jitsu was obviously brilliant. He we had a video there a couple of years ago from hitting the the first. Uh, Barambolo and MMA even had like people like Eddie Bravo retweeting and excited about it and stuff like that. So, do you know what a Barambolo is? Um, it's where you kind of come out underneath them and take their back from the, the bottom. I wouldn't know exactly, I wouldn't know how to do I, it. I, I, I don't either. No. I wouldn't know how to do it, but it, when it's done, it looks slick as fuck. So, it does, yeah, uh, that's good. In fairness. Yeah, so Lee's obviously got some great jiu jitsu and some or- unorthodox jiu jitsu, and it's hard to deal with, but uh, Monaghan looked good as well. So, I'd say he's got a, a good future ahead of him, like six and one in amateur. He'll He'll obviously look at look at that fight and make adjustments, and then there's a couple of pro fights as well. Um, 
Marcin Dembella from uh, McGahan's gym, Team Torres, he fought Dylan Logan in a great fight. Back and forth the whole time. Dylan Logan got dropped in like about 10 seconds into the fight. M- looked like it might have been might have been the end, but he managed to get back up. And he, he looked like he was edging out the rounds then. But in the third round, he, he got caught in the rear naked choke. And uh, it was a big win for Zambella. Um, you know, when you are when you started your career 0-2, you, you, you can't go 0-3 or it's, you know. He needed that win badly, so I think I think that was a big win for him. And then the main event was uh, uh, Pedro Carvalho against Kantanev uh, uh, or Kanton Kanton V. I don't know how to pronounce half of these Russian names, but uh, it was actually a really good, really good fight back and forth. This guy was seven and zero that that Carvalho was fighting. Carvalho was obviously he moved over to SBG there two fights ago in uh, in the Concord in Dublin. So he's won. He's been winning since he moved, and he looked much better. Um, than his last fight in this one, he looked he, he looked to be well rounded. He was calm when he was in bad uh, situations. He nearly had the TKO at one stage as well. He, um, so that, yeah, it was a it was a really good main card. There was a couple of K one bouts mixed in that I wouldn't be too interested in to kind of slow down the show. But and the show the show also got slowed down by the the, the, the Achilles or the ankle injury because the ambulance had to take him to the hospital and they had to wait for the ambulance to come back. Oh yeah. But uh, obviously, safety first and all uh, is is always paramount. So, and people are happy enough to wait. They just stuck on, stuck on a few Oasis tunes, and everybody had a bit of a sing along. So, you gotta roll it, and you gotta yeah. take your time. Sweet. It was funny during the fights; like uh, everybody was screaming, and then Conor McGregor was there, and he'd be shouting, he'd be shouting advice at his SPG teammates. And when he'd shout advice, the crowd would kind of go quiet to hear what he was shouting. Oh, really? And then when, when he stopped <laughs> shouting, they start shouting again. It was really, really odd. <laughs> funny. <laughs> Uh, Yogurty Dev Fogarty was supposed to fight as well, but he's opponent yeah. pulled. Yeah, his opponent pulled out the day before, and the Ben Forsyth was not that was fighting. Weird. Well. Yeah, yeah, he saw and Ben Forsyth's guy just yeah. took a fight on another card instead. <laughs> like it's like you're not even injured, mate. Like come on, that was uh, like he uh, thinking about it, he probably got offered more money or something, but still, that's that's such bad form. Like to do that to letting somebody down. He's after putting yeah. what six eight weeks in. He's cutting down in weight, and just, yeah. come on, Jesus, unbelievable. Like you know, and Ben is coming back. Obviously, he, you know he'd lost there not too long ago, and he he seemed to have well, obviously he put in a lot of effort and stuff to get back here, but he seemed to have this kind of new mindset. He's talking a lot about it, you know, coming into this fight and it was a huge fight for him and it's, you know, a shitty one to fill off. And light heavyweight as well. It's so hard for light heavyweights and heavyweights around here. You always hear him talking about it to get fights just because there's, you know, it's the same in all MMA, even at the very top. It's, there's hard, very little, few people fighting and, yeah. you know, for someone to pull out, you know, I, I was kind of talking to him on Twitter. If it was an injury or something, you could understand but when he does that to go and take another fight, that's fucking that as Neil Siri said, that's bad darts, isn't it? You're muted. Yeah, it's bad darts, yeah. Sorry? You're you were muted there for a oh, second. Sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, it is bad darts. Uh like you gotta feel for these guys because like this is their lives and they're putting so much effort into this, like a couple of times a day for, for the whole week, for, for weeks, and then as you said, not even to have a proper excuse. Like, okay, you probably got offered more money, but it's understandable in that way. But for Ben, it's just it's just terrible. Yeah. And for Dave Fogarty as well, like, you know, you've you've gone through all the dieting, all the all the training as well, and your opponent pulls out. I think at least at least his opponent was injured, but uh, I think Dave had an injury or two as well, and he was he was gonna fight. So it probably depends on how serious it is. Maybe maybe your man wasn't able to fight and Maybe, but maybe he just decided, ah, oh, I'm better off just pulling out. But it's hard to know. But an amateur, in there. amateur, especially, you think he, like if it's not too bad, you can just fight and 
mm. it's not going to go on your pro record if you lose, so it'll be a good experience. Yeah. Anything else from that before we move on? Good night, though. Um, no, it was a good night. Yeah, good, uh, good night of fights. Uh, Io Daly was actually back in the country for How's for it? a couple of days, and he just showed up with a big head of hair, and I'm looking looking about five years younger. How's the knee with him? Um, actually, I didn't ask him about his knee. I probably should have. <laughs> yeah. Is he gonna fight? Is he still training? Is he gonna fight again and stuff, or is he? I don't know. Like, what's the scene in Malta? I don't know. Um, he was over here for a jiu-jitsu tournament, so uh, he's definitely staying active in the gym. But um, yeah, I'm not sure. It was extremely loud in the in the arena. It was hard to really talk to people, but uh, it was also roasting hot as well, which is which is always good. <laughs> All right, let's move on to Bama, who had a show last weekend, and I have to get to Reese McKee first. This. I, I don't know am I going too far, but I think this was one of the best performances ever by an Irish MMA fighter. It has to be, like, it, it, let's say we'll take McGregor out of it. This was, this was world-class like that. And, uh, you know, do we talk about world championships, bullshit, like, but the, the performance was a performance of a world-class fighter. Yeah, I, I think, I think, I think there's been, like, you know, you can maybe say, like, people like Paul Hughes, but he's, he's obviously fighting the guy, that Gustav, that's nowhere near the level of Tim Barnett. Mm-hmm. So, and it's not for, like, a, a Bama t- or lightweight title. or So, for the standard of, of opponent and how comfortable and, like, especially because Reese had lost to this guy and he'd lost him the clinch in the first round and he just wasn't, he was, like, you nearly say, probably better off just avo- avoiding that, especially when you're lighting him up on the feet. Uh, like, b- big, heavy leg kicks as well. Um, but Reese was more than willing to go into the clinch, and he ended up finishing the, the fight with the knees in the end as well. So, like fair play to him. He he, he talked like he had a, he talked a good game Reese before, but sometimes like I believed him, but sometimes these guys can come can say all this all the right stuff, and then it's they're kind of nearly trying to convince themselves. But I think Reese fully believes in himself, and he knew that like he knew he he knew in his in. The, the rehydration problems that he had had cost him the first time and he wasn't afraid to go in, to go anywhere the fight went with Tim Barnett and he just put such a beating on Tim Barnett in such a short time that Barnett just wilted you could see him he just he just was he I, I don't think he'd ever been hit that hard it looked like he it looked like a man who was hit harder than he'd ever been hit before yeah. it was it was a phenomenal phenomenal display like it, we talked who was it a couple of weeks um, it was Brian Ortega we talked about being calm you know and I couldn't believe how calm he was. He was unbelievably calm in there <clears throat> through all his shots. Well, like that was that could have been a 10-7 round if it had finished. It was it was hundred percent a 10-8 round. It could have been a 10-7 round. Like <clears throat> he was he was doing things so well. Like he was coming out, throwing his jab the whole time, throwing combos, you know, uppercuts, er, you know, everything you'd want to see. He was doing it. I thought it was just a, an absolutely brilliant performance. Got what was it, two or three, two or three knockdowns. When it came near the end of the round, he looked clinical when he's uh, when Tim Barnett was hurt. Just an absolutely brilliant display, display defensively. Like he hurt him from the very start as well. His eye was all reddened up at the the first punch. I'd say maybe fifteen seconds into the fight. Just a really, really, really good display. Like. Uh, <laughs> Looking at that, a lot of people after saying, is this the thing that's going to get Reese McGee into the UFC? And I think it could. I, I think he's good enough right now to fight guys in the UFC. Now, I'm not saying, you know, tile up towards the top 15 or anything, but there's, what, 50 lightweights in, in the UFC. I'm sure, you know, the bottom half, 25 of them right now, I don't think... I don't think he'd be out of place in there, to be honest. Just yeah, I I, I think he can definitely beat people in the UFC. I just don't think there's any rush, and I think uh, PT was saying on Talking Brawls that he that he talked to Reese about it. Reese isn't in a rush, but 
people are kind of getting behind it on or fans are kind of getting behind it on on Twitter and Reese isn't trying to he isn't trying to fan the flames but he isn't trying to put out the flames either he says you know whatever happens happens but he's not he's in no mad rush which I think is a I think is a good is a good thing because you know you, you don't want to end you, like we talked about it before you don't want to go in there on, on like short notice or a bad style matchup and lose and then your UFC career is on, on the line in the next fight and it becomes harder to get back there so there's no rush he's what seven and seven one and one now like that draw mm-hmm. against Smullen like that was a great fight and it kind of just shows what, what, what level Smullen's at as well that, that he's mm-hmm. able to hang and um able to hang and get get the draw or like some people thought Reese should have won some people thought Smullen should have won you know um Either way, it ended up being a draw. I think I think that like nobody was too up in arms by the draw. So it's good to see these these young Irish guys coming up. And I think Reese is is put himself at the at the, the front of the pack with that performance. Tim Barnett's an undefeated fighter who'd never been out of the first round. He'd finished everybody in the first round, and he just ran him over. Yeah, and looking at his his opponents as well. Uh, apart from the first guy, he fought all of them had unbeaten records or not unbeaten records, but good records. You know, I think one was nine and three, one was uh, one was three and zero oh or something like that. As well. And Reese McKee, when when he fought Reese McKee the first time, Reese McKee was unbeaten as well. So uh, you know, absolutely phenomenal play. And another thing as well, I think it's it's good for uh, MMA up north because you know, obviously, we had Norman Park for years leading the way in the UFC and all, and you know, he he's obviously got cut by the UFC and and uh, you know, he's, he's still fighting well and you know could definitely get back there, but. They need someone to lift them up like this. Like Alan Philpott was very close to the UFC. They're uh, at one stage took a, a loss. Now I think he's over in Australia at the moment, uh, getting back into it. But I, I think Reese McKee's definitely leading the way here, and uh, all those lads are, that I mentioned there are behind him. You know, and it's it's, it's great to see for for M- you know MMA up north. But uh, yeah, even even the even before that, he made his um his uh, pro de- Reese made his pro debut at Bama Twenty Two against John Redmond, who's uh, historically a middleweight, but. Um, Finding a welterweight on short notice, Reese had no problem coming and taking that fight. But his two his two amateur fights before at the end of his amateur career was a there was a battle zone tournament back in 2015, and it was it was the best the best um, featherweights in fe, Reese was a featherweight at the time, the best featherweights in the country at amateur. And your your boy Valdrum Lubishante of, of yeah. Team Sheehan, he he took him out with a with a KO in the second round, and Lubishante had been running through people, he'd beaten Franz. He he's a really really good guy and Andrum Gould as well another really good guy at a Rhino he used to train in Johnny Tucci's gym and he 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 choked him in, in the second round as well and two fights in one night I think I think that was the real when you really think oh this guy Reese McKee is, is a serious serious prospect did, I know did most... he fight Dylan Took as as amateur was that who was that no, was that someone was, else he fought Smullen at, uh, and choked oh, yeah. he beat Smullen back in 2014 oh, yeah. Yeah, but you know another <clears throat> absolutely phenomenal. For I can't wait for his next one. You know, he's the Bama title now. Is that is that the, the Bama title or is it the London? Yeah, title? it's the it's the Bama title. The London title is gone. It's called like the the ORDK or something. Yeah, or but that's what they call thing. this. They call this no, the RDK. No, Tim Barnett was the RDA or whatever the or whatever that's called the Lonsdale title title holder, and then this yeah. was for the this Over was for the, the full. Belt. Okay, so he's the unified Bama champion of the world now. Well, I actually don't know. They didn't when they announced him. They didn't say that. That like, I don't think this fight was for the the Lonsdale belt. It was actually just Tim Burnett probably gets a hold on to that by the sounds of things. All right, fair enough. Uh, let's move on. So, what about this Choi Lewis Perry fight against Stav Ikonomu, which was. Which is a quite he's quite the character. What was his name again? The beat no, what's his name? The beast or something? Let me click into him here. See, does it say his nickname? A crazy bear. Yeah, I knew he'd a, he'd a weird nickname, but 
it was it was a weird finish. He pushed uh, Lewis Perry up against the fence. Um, he, you know, Lewis Perry is obviously a, a very good kickboxer, and this guy is a, is a wrestler, and he was doing a good job of it. But uh, Choi threw some elbows. They looked to the back of the head. It was. They didn't only, to me, it looked like one of them was in the back of the head, and the other one was all right. I, uh, it's an unfortunate situation. I, I, uh, people were calling for. Um, for uh, Choi to be disqualified, but I don't think they were, that was on purpose. I think he's just, he's trying to stop the takedown. He, he drops an elbow. It happens to just sneak back of the head. It wasn't like, it wasn't like egregious. Like he landed like three or four in a row on, and after the ref had warned him or anything, I think, I think the, the no contest, if, if um, his opponent wasn't able to continue was, was the right call. Yeah. I think it was actually the right call as well, but I, I, t- I tweeted at the time, like, I'm not, I don't really understand why it wasn't disqualification. Like, they said unintentionally illegal. Like, did he not intend to throw an elbow? He intended to throw an elbow, but he didn't intend to land to the back of the head, is what the ruling was, basically. He threw that elbow and it landed, you know, his head wasn't moving and it hit the back of his head. Like, okay, is it okay if it's an accident? Fair enough. But, like, I don't know. I, I, if it was more than one and the ref had been like, watch the back of the head, then I, I, I'd, I'd be on that side of things. But because it was the second one looked to me not to hit the back of the head and it was just the first one and the ref actually like waved the fight off for a split second and then kind of like turned his wave into a timeout. Yeah. <laughs> so the ref was unsure as well, like which kind of added to the confusion, I think. I, I think it's just kind of a gray area in the sport, you know. <laughs> What do you get disqualified for? Like, what, how how can you say if it's intentional or unintentional? I, I find that very, and the, the word intentional itself, I, th- I think that's a bad word because I think maybe egregious or something would be a better word. I, it's, yeah, it's yeah. very hard to judge intent. Like, it, mm. it really is. Um, yeah, you don't want people getting disqualified for like accidental. If somebody gets kicked in the balls, what if somebody steps in as you're trying to leg kick, you know, it's it's unintentional. You, you don't want to see people getting disqualified for that, but like ball shots, eye gouges, grabbing the cage, elbows to the back of the head, they do change fights sometimes. And it is a bit of a weird area because you basically can, can get away with a couple of fails before the ref will even give you your last warning. And it, it benefits you to cheat. But I don't think, I don't think Chai was trying to cheat here. I think he was just, he was like, I, bet I can't get taken down here and let me just throw a big elbow here and hit the back of the head. And then, it was just unfortunate, I think. I think a no contest was the, was the right call, but it was a disappointing end to the fight because uh, I was interested to kind of see what Parry looked like in his state-end defense and his, if he was put on the ground, what he looked like on the ground against somebody who's a good wrestler. We kind of Maybe we'll get to see the rematch, but um, yeah, it was kind of just disappointing. Yeah, he looked good for the couple of minutes it was on. I, I thought he, he got taken on once, I think, but he got straight back up. His takedown defense looked good. Other than that, he's obviously his kickboxing is very good and all. But, you know, it's been <clears throat> it's been a very weird career for him so far. You know, he's had loads of fights and he's pulled out and, you know, things haven't things haven't happened. And a lot of people have kind of um, from the kickboxing world as well are talking about him having that kind of uh um resume you know where where that happens to him a lot but hopefully he can get things back and and, and kick into uh, action if they make the rematch uh the main event then terry brazier against alex lahore uh for the welterweight title really really good three round fight if you haven't seen this fight uh, uh, hopefully bam i'll put it up and, and and go and watch it very good very close fight how did you have it scored 
Well, I actually didn't see it live. I saw it after I knew the decision, but I thought I thought um, the second round was Brazier, the, the third round was Lahore, and it all came down to the first round. And I probably would have edged it to to Lahore, but I it was so close that it, that I have no problem. I can see I can see it both ways. It's just when you get to take down, you don't really do anything with it. I thought the better strikes were coming from Lahore. I thought he was. I thought it was so close that like you can't really argue either way. But if I had to go into the head, I probably if I was making the decision as a judge at the time, I probably would have went with Lahore. But it was it was very close. It could have yeah. been a draw as well. <clears throat> yeah, I I thought I did think Lahore won as well. Um, I thought he landed the harder shots in the first. Although Brazier had a lot of control and landed good shots as well. It was very close. It was very close. As much as I want to say it's a robbery, so because Bin Cartledge uh, was judging it and called <laughs> the killer's terrible. As much as I want to say that. You oh, can't it was ben, ben, give it to Perry. Oh yeah, you know. Bin, Bin was the one who robbed Lahore. Yeah, he gave it to Brazier. Yeah, he was he was the <laughs> <laughs> damn you, damn you, damn you, no, garbage. Yeah, I was so close to like uh, yeah, it, it, like and also uh, when you're when you're watching it live and you're watching it back and you know the decision, it is kind of it's a bit different. I don't know, it's 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 mm-hmm. a bit different than watching it live. So maybe if I had to watch it live, I would have thought differently. But it was so close that maybe if. It depends what you're what you're looking for, what you like uh, as a judge, what you think is more effective. It, it was it, it was razor razor close, but it's a tough way to drop your belt. But uh, fair play to Terry Brazier, like mm-hmm. yeah, he, he got it done. He was he was tough as nails. Make the rematch, man! I want to see that one again. Uh you your boy, your boy Fabian Edwards, fucking bitches up, absolutely. Well, brilliant. He, was, Amber. he looked he, he looked unbelievable. He was he was calm, collected. He was landing that left straight, but then he got dropped himself. And the second he got dropped, he was like, "Okay, let me just armbar this guy real quick." Yeah, it was. They, I believe, they put up the Dylan Chuk fight from last week, didn't they? Did you see it? Yeah, you yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It, This was similar, video, wasn't yeah. it? This was very similar. Like he got knocked down, win for the takedown, yeah. uh, and then ended up getting the armbar. Like I thought it was very similar, but he looked. I didn't. I I saw only saw bits of it. I didn't see it live at the time, but he looked absolutely phenomenal in the bits I saw. And that's the mark of a man as well you know the mark of a very good fighter where they can get hurt hit like that and immediately come back and turn that around you know he he used himself getting knocked down to his advantage like and that's you can't buy that like that that sort of stuff is absolutely unbelievable and he's is he the captain now of team graham well now Cole conrad is the the captain he's uh he's the up and coming possible future captain he's Scott McTominay of Team Grimm I know he's way better than that come on Jesus ah come on yeah very impressed anyway and hopefully we'll be seeing more of him soon yeah I think maybe he was he was kind of a bit kind of playing with him in there at the start and then he he maybe could have put it away quicker but he was trying to kind of style on him and then once he got dropped he was like all right let me just let me just put this put this to bed. <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe he gave a great interview as well to Steve actually uh, last week. For if you haven't checked the scene, check that out. But yeah, he, yeah, he, as I said, I didn't see the whole. Th- oh, geez, I didn't see the whole thing um, play out. But yeah, it looked that way a little bit. But you know, just uh, some performance either way. You know, very very good. Um, yeah, myself, myself and Jordan Breen were talking about about the Leon and Fabian Edwards on the on the premium podcast we did, and. Jordan Breen is, is like the second I mentioned Fabian, he was like, "Can we just talk about Fabian and Leon for ten minutes?" <laughs> so it's 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 catching on. Like people are taking notice. I know Jordan Breen's obviously he's a media member. He's in the sport. He's he's watching fights all the time. But it's it's like it's it's good to be, have these guys to get excited about and somebody with all the ability that he has. It, it, it would just it would be surprising if he didn't go really far. Obviously, you never really know in top level until they get there how they're going to react. But 
it looks it looks as though he's he's very composed. He's he's very loose in there. He's, he's he seems to have everything. Like obviously, this was his first big step up against a guy who was ten and two. He'll probably step up again in the next fight. We'll find out more. But in a fight that you were dropped in, you couldn't. You probably couldn't think of a more impressive performance. Yeah, hundred percent, definitely. Colin Fletcher got back in there as well. Got a win. Steve O'Keefe yeah, uh, got a win. Yeah, for goes Fletcher. to uh, Steve O'Keefe goes to nine and three. Dominic Wooding as well, <clears throat> who people around here would know. He got a he got a good win. Goes to five. Yeah, and he's, one. he's another he's another big prospect. I know Andy Young beat him, but Andy Young is like good, people yeah. look at the record as we talked about, and but his, his record doesn't reflect how good he is and how 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 much of a nightmare style he is to fight. He's a relentless guy. And Wooding was only what three and hour at the time when he fought when he fought three or four and hour at the time when he fought Andy Young. So that'd be a good learning experience for him. And he's looked phenomenal uh, in his pro career uh, in every fight bar the Andy Young fight. And he also had good moments against Andy Young. It's just Andy Young got him down and got to choke, uh, if I remember correctly. But mm-hmm. he's another one to watch out for, Dominic Wooding. Yeah, 100%. Right, let's move on to next week's uh, UFC card over in London. I'll have actually an article coming out about this on Shardog this week, so p- please take a look at that. And, and f- Actually, I wrote a full article about UFC London, right? And I didn't mention one person fighting on the card in the article. Oh God! You've just been bringing shit cards and why and everything, but it's uh, it's actually uh, usually when uh, everything I write is dirt, but this is actually pretty yeah. good. So going go over, <laughs> going over and read it when it's up in Charlotte. I'm not sure. It'll probably be up. I don't know during the week, some stage. And actually, as well, if you're one of our Patreon uh, subscribers this week, I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna I, I, uh, listen talk over the rewatch maybe probably friday i might put it up for this flashback friday we might go throw it back towards it you'd never know uh fedor emilianenko versus fabricio verdum so it's a short one this week if you want to get yeah. in see what it's like uh have uh have a look at that the day but, yeah, the streak was broken the day the, the streak was broken it's like the undertaker losing to brock lesnar <laughs> unbelievable. unbelievable uh verdum against volkov here look we've talked about this card a lot and it's it's a disappointing car maybe we'll just touch on it again for for a second like the, the basis of my article is about you know even though london is obviously a big a big uh media hub and everything for for ufc all all sports really but the ufc you know they have they have obvious tiers from pay-per-view to fox to fs1 to fight pass or whatever <clears throat> and this it doesn't matter if you're in a big area or anything because they're they're still going to bring the, this sort of card to you and the reason they do that is that there's a lot of reasons right and i think one of the biggest reasons is what my kind of article is about it's the fans will show up for anything you know they'll go for those three numbers and we, we talk about it uh on another that thing is. on or those three letters anyway, jesus christ uh during the week like it's going to be the same in Ireland. Like whatever card they bring, I think they're going to fill it to, in Ireland. And it's the same here over in London. You know you're going to have a good crowd, you know. And it's not it's it's not an MMA uh, crowd that are they're drawn, and it is in a way. But like Bama are not drawing that crowd. Bellator even who've brought way better fights than this over there, they're not drawing that crowd, you know. So it's, it it really is the UFC. They're going for those three letters, the UFC, and there people you know you might have to take a little bit of a risk if you want to get better cards you might you know you might not have to sell out the place or, or get ten thousand in there or whatever maybe they have to see that people won't show up and go for just anything and i know you know people 
people are not going to listen to that and they're still going to go anyway. And they might be thinking if we don't go, they won't come back anymore with anything. So there's definitely that argument. But I think they're definitely in a catch-22 situation. And I don't think... Do you think there's any way this is going to change or is it going to just keep going on like this? I think there's too many cards. They just don't have the 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 fighters people are interested in. But I actually, looking at this card, I know it's not great, but I actually... Um, like it looks like there's going to be several fights that will probably be really good fights. Like that for Doom fight will probably be there'll probably be a finish. The Manawa fight will probably be a finish. The Tom Duke and Wall fight. Tom Duke and Wall fights are always fun. The Leon Edwards uh, Peter Sabata fight more than likely be fun. John Phillips and Charles Bird probably going to be a fin- an early finish in that one if if John Phillips can can do what he's been doing recently. The White um, Mike Tyson. Yeah, like the Brad Scott Jack Marshman fight. Like I'm interested to see uh, Jack Marshman down at welterweight as well. Like it, there's a couple of interesting things. Like it's Stevie Ray and Cajun Johnson. You know that's probably going to be a decent fight as well. So maybe they're not the, the the star power. Obviously, obviously they're definitely not. But on paper, I think it looks like there's probably be some some good fights, some good finishes on this on this card. Uh, I disagree. I think this is a, this is like a Bama card with Verdum on the top. To be honest, yeah, I, I... yeah, no, it is. But if you actually look at the actual matchups and you know it's there's probably going to be some good fights on it obviously they're not there like is, the but level like, fights but yeah this is the ufc like you know if you if you buy a ferrari you but this is the ferrari, ufc like. fight night this isn't the ufc yeah, pay-per-view but it's like. still it's the ufc coming to london like london you know i i think people are right to be expecting more like and i think it's right to criticize a card that looks like this when it's the ufc come, like bama that bama car we just talked about that was as good as this it actually like there's some of the guys. Well, if, if if Tom Duke and Wall was on the Bama card and Leon Edwards and John Phillips mm-hmm. and Manoa and Verdum, but if you I leave mean, out Verdum, look at the rest. That, but you can't you leave just, out. You can't no, no. But it, uh, what I'm saying is, look from Verdum down at that card. Right on the card, like you know, he's yeah. headlining Cage Warriors show, good Cage Warriors shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that could people be just uh, have like, a higher expectation for the UCs. Like if this card is put on a Bama card or should. a Cage Warriors card, people will be saying this is a brilliant card. Yeah. And it, but because it, it has really a UFC hard. name on it, mm-hmm. yeah. So I don't think like what I'm trying to say is, I think people are going to like they should be disappointed. But I think people are going a little bit overboard, saying it's absolutely terrible. Like because there is going to be some good fights, it looks like on paper anyway. But uh, like obviously, ideally and in the past, there will be bigger names uh, on on the main card, and it's it's just a sign of too many shows with too little. The roster is just not deep enough for, for these mm-hmm. this amount of shows. There's only two. F- fights on the undercard with where both people have a wikipedia page yeah and one someone's someone's fighting tbd as well nasrat hack parasat is fighting tbd so that should be fun i'm looking for they've put cajun johnson here actually i'd say against stevie ray in a pretty tough fight and like the opening fight of the night so i'd say his uh his project spearhead or whatever it's called (laughs) it's not uh, not going too well for him with the with the ufc uh with the ufc brass but yeah let's talk about uh, a few of these these fighters and maybe a more positive way yeah uh what about about john phillips We, we mentioned him there he's been living in the Living in a, uh, a kind of a caravan thing in near John Kavanaugh's house, training in SPG. We were talking to him at the last, what was it? Was it a Bellator show or something like that? Nice, nice guy. And yeah, he was up at Cage Legacy there as well. Uh, saw him just, mm-hmm. just, he's just banging around, just supporting the teammates. But uh, he looked in good shape, you know. <laughs> over the years, it's kind of which, which John Phillips is going to turn up, the fat John Phillips or the fit John Phillips. It looks like the fit John Phillips is here. He's, he's obviously the UFC. You got to take it seriously, or as we say, once you get if you're in the UFC and you get knocked out of the UFC, cuffing UFC, it's harder to get back than it nearly it is in the first place to get there. So he seems to be taking it seriously, and he looked great against Czech Kone in his his last fight. 
It was a while ago. He has metified a couple of times since, but it just fell apart uh, since he signed for UFC. I think this is a nice style matchup for him, but it looks at things. I don't know too much about Charles Bird. He's he's nine and four in his career. He's been he's been on a three fight win streak. That got that got that uh, two of them on the the Dana White contender series that got that got him signed to the UFC. So maybe maybe Phillips would be too experienced and have too much power for him, but uh, it's hard to know because I haven't really seen this Charles Bird guy, so it's hard to say, but I'd be expecting uh, John Phillips to win. Um, yeah. Or actually, since the Kone fight, he actually knocked in another guy in Budo fighting championships. Um, Lakurda is the man's name. He was eight and three. Right. <clears throat> yeah. Um, Hakim and da Dawoodoo. Also, nailed I was fighting. It. Nailed it. Nailed it. I got that one. <laughs> Thanks, Chad. I got that one from. Uh, what? I got that one. What am I saying? Uh, he is training out of SBG now at the moment. He's 7 0 and 1 with the one draw coming against Marat Magomedov. Uh, all his fights have been in World Series of Fighting so far, and he's fought Stefan Seiler, who's a, who's a good fighter, uh, in his last fight and won a, a three round decision uh, against him. From everything I've heard, I think uh, James Lynch has done some good work talking about him, and I think he's interviewed him a couple of times as well. This guy looks like a really good fighter. You know, his last fight went to decision, but all his other fights, uh, apart from the draw, were were knockouts. So he looks to have a, a lot of a lot of power and stuff. So coming into this uh, this card, it's interesting to watch him. And I'm not sure if John Cavanaugh will be in his corner or not, but I, I think so. If he's he's, he's yeah, yeah. I think he's been training since the I think the start of the years when, when when we first heard he was in SBG. So it's only been it's only been what three months, but he's already he's already like looks to be a, a good fighter. Like you don't you don't beat um, Mega Madoff and Soiler in a row if if you're not able to fight. So, uh, but he's fighting D Danny Henry, who's who's also who's also um, uh, gonna have the the he's, it's on in London obviously, but he's from Scotland. But you think he'd have the the hometown advantage in terms of the fans and and all that stuff. And he he's coming out he's coming off a win over Daniel Tamer, so he's a he's a he's a he's a decent test, and it'd be interesting to see. I haven't really seen much of uh, Daruda or, or Darudu, whoever whoever you say. No, bring up Hakeem. 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 Hakeem, yeah. He's like Seal. He's only one name. Uh, also, your your boy's brother Leon Edwards is fighting Peter Sapata. <laughs> you know what should be a pretty good fight. Like yeah, Peter Sapata getting getting his decadely uh, run out. <laughs> yeah, his last two fights, uh, Ben Saunders and Nicholas Dalby, two good wins there. Yeah, he hasn't yeah. fought since May last year yet. So that's that's a tough enough fight for Leon as well. Though Leon Leon's a very very good fighter. Obviously, you know we talked about his brother uh, uh, in in the last part there. He. You know, he beat Brian Barberina in his last fight. You know, the the prospect killer, uh, Brian Barberina, who who beat um who beat Sage Northcott, and uh, who else did he beat? He beat someone else like him as well. Uh, I don't know someone else, but yeah, it's 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 a big fight as well here for Leon Edwards, isn't it? Against an ex experienced guy, uh, a really experienced guy like Sabata. Yeah, Sabata's like a he's an awkward matchup for for anybody, but I I think. I think Leon Edwards should have enough here. He's looked like since the Tumanov, since the, the fight before the Tumanov fight, he seems to have really been putting it together. Uh, he, he's mixing, he's mixing it up nicely. He seems to have a good fight IQ. He's able to wrestle. He's able to strike. He's able to do it all. So maybe, maybe he's, he still has a bit of a way to go in, in terms of getting into the, the, the upper echelon of the division. But hey, <laughs> yeah. Drink. Um, <laughs> Drink yeah, shot, no, we, we need the Severe MMA podcast drinking game. <laughs> yeah, we do. Um, yeah, Leon Edwards obviously uh, the Barberina fight, um, like uh, in his last one, Luke Vincent Luque before that, and Tumanov before that. So his only loss in the UFC is to um, oh no, he has two losses in the UFC. One was a split decision in his uh, 
in his debut against Claudio Silva. And the other one was a decision loss to uh, to Usman. So like Usman is one of the one of the best prospects in the division, if not in the in in the UFC at the moment. So there's no shame in that. And since then, he's been looking great. I expect him to go out there and beat Peter Sabrata, but maybe it'll be a decision because he's an awkward guy to fight. Um, he's a tough guy. Um, yeah, I I I'd be I'll be picking Edwards in this one. I I think he'll get it done, but I think it'll probably be a decision. Mm-hmm. Team Sheehan member as well. Tom Dukanwa is back. Uh. That on Saturday night he fights Terry and Ware. He's lost his last two to Sean O'Malley. Cody's the man who are both obviously very good, especially Cody's the man coming up, coming on leaps and bounds uh, recently. But you know he's a lot of a lot of good wins. He um he fought in Bama a couple of times. You know he he fought Leandro Higo. He lost to him as well. But uh you know another experienced guy here going in against um going in against Tom Dukuma. And this is a big fight as well, isn't it, for Tom after he lost his last one. Yeah, it's an, yeah, it's important to get a win here. We, we, we're uh, when I recorded the thing with Jordan Breen, the premium podcast. We, he was talking about Tom Dukan one, saying that, he, like you know, you can be all you can be as talented and as creative a striker and all that as you want, but if you can't defensively wrestle, it's it's going to cause you big big trouble in the UFC, especially as you climb the ranks. So, I, hopefully, Dukan was been working on that. He's very young, so he has loads of time to sort, sort all these problems. Um, his opponent is he lost to Sean O'Malley in, in, in Sean O'Malley's UC debut and he lost to Cody Stamman by decision who um who also holds a win over Dukanwa. So he was on a tear before that as well. So this this is no no layup, but you'd be expecting Tom Dukanwa to win. It's an important one for him because if he loses two in a round, all the all the the steam and behind him as a hot prospect will will, will disintegrate pretty quickly. Evaporate. Yeah, evaporate, sorry. Um so yeah, it's, it's an important one for Tom Dukanwa. Um, I see, I see him winning it. I see him winning it. But as as Tom, Tom Dukanwa fights go, he'll probably face some adversity in the fight. He'll probably take a few to to give a few, and he'll probably make it dramatic. But I, I think he'll have enough to to get the win here. Yeah, I think. Look for me. <laughs> Uh, Duke and Wa, I still believe in him. I still think he is uh, one of the top prospects in the UFC. And, uh, you know, he was making improvements before he got to the UFC. And he's obviously his first UFC bout wasn't great, although he got the win. And then the second one, obviously, he picked up, he picked up a loss. But, uh, you know, I see he's very still very young in his career and those improvements will come. There's going to be a lot of big performances out of him, I think, over his next three or four. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing that. And obviously, you know, Terry and Ware is, is a good fighter as well. So this is a... This is a tough test for him. Then the co-main event is Jimmy Manoa versus Jan Blakovic, believe it or not. I was going to do the rewatch on this fight, and I remembered what the fight was like, and I was like, no, no, fuck that. Uh, but they're let's fighting again. Th- let's just be thankful it's not the main event. <laughs> let's just be thankful. Yeah, that is actually... For a while, like I might have been. <laughs> God, imagine if it was. In- oh, God almighty. Yeah, I have nothing to say about this fight. Have you anything to say about it? Yeah, I think uh, Jimmy Manuel is going to get the job done probably by TKO. Congratulations, Jimmy. Right, main event, Fabricio Verdum against Alexander Volkov. I'm actually a li- just thinking about this fight, looking at a few Alexander Volkov uh, clips and fights before we did the podcast today. I mean, I'm a little bit intrigued by this, by this fight because Volkov is, obviously, he's a good wrestler, a big, tall guy. Uh, he's well. a good wrestler, he's, yeah. No, no, but he, I, I mean, not a good wrestler. I mean, a good at defending wrestling. Like, I, I and like, my point is, like I think he can use his lint and stop him Verdun from getting him down when he's against the cage. I think he's stronger than the Verdun. I think he's very good at getting underhooks and his defensive wrestling. I think is is good unless you're someone very good, a good wrestler. I don't think Verdun is particularly good wrestler. Now 
he's good at maybe catching a jab, acting like he's knocked down and forcing you to <laughs> get over guard. Here. Yeah, but I, I, I fancy Volkov, you know, over over the long distance. No, I'm not saying I fancy him to win per se, but. You fancy him like you think he's good looking? I think he's good. Yeah, he's a, he's a fantastic looking chap. That chiseled Eastern European jaw. But like, I, I could see him winning a five round decision here. I really could. I'm I'm not sure that will happen, but I could see him doing it. Now Verdun, it, it only takes a second for him. And as I said, you know, he gets hit once, goes down. The fight's all over because he probably win after that. Or if he gets one takedown, it only takes one. You know, your can your takedown defense can be very good for three rounds. You know, and you can take get taken down once and it's all over. But I wouldn't rule Volkov out here at all. I'm actually looking forward to this fight. Yeah, he's he's been on what five or six fight win streak, including Roy Nelson and Stefan Struve. So he's no joke. But like you look back, I know it was what a couple of years, two and a half years ago now. But the the Tony Johnson Jr. decision and the Czech Congo decision that went against him in Bellator. <sighs> Czech Congo was able to just kind of push him up against the cage and kind of knee him and he wasn't really able to get out of there. So I think if, if Verdum can get him up against the cage and just kind of get it to the ground in any way and just kind of work from there, I think I think he should be able to get a submission. And Verdum is no mug on the feet as well. He's willing to throw wild stuff because he knows if he kind of ends up on his back, that's kind of where he yeah. wants it as well. So I definitely think Verdum's going to win, but yeah, Volkov is definitely dangerous. He's got some really good striking. He's long, he's big. But um, and Verdum's like, Verdum's finished with strikes before. He's he. He famously had his uh, ears wiggle when he got uppercutted by JDS. Yeah, JDS was his debut, so he's and he's he's been around. He's been in a lot of fights. He's old. He's taken damage, but I I I think Verdun's going to have too much. Yeah, and the thing about Volkov is well, like I, I was saying there, and I think your point about the clinch is a good one. Like I think he's good at defending against the clinch, uh, and good in the clinch himself when he's attacking. But that might wear him out as well if Verdun decides to play that game. You know, he's very experienced, training for five round fights and fighting, you know, fighting long if he needs to because of you know obviously he was the he was the champion and everything. You know, fought big fights against. Uh, I know it didn't go that far, but against uh, Ken Velasquez and his last fight, even against Marcin Tibora, he went five rounds. You know, he's gone three rounds multiple times uh, in the UFC, fought Travis Brown over, over five rounds as well. Uh, so that maybe that's a bit of advantage if he does push him up to get, uh, up against the fence, wears him down. But it's an it's an interesting, I think, an interesting styles matchup. Um, Verdun usually does find a way, but, you know, I'd be interested to see the betting here, actually. I haven't looked at it yet, but if Volkov was anyway a big price, Maybe something uh, Falkov by decision wouldn't be a bad bet here. I think uh, so. Yeah, I'm looking looking forward to that one and seeing how it uh, how it plays out. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be all that surprised if Falkov like at heavyweight when when you're a good striker, like you just need to land one big punch and it changes everything. So it, heavyweight is a bit more unpredictable than than the lower weight. So Verdum. Verdum's got to look out for that, but uh, Volkov, as you mentioned, obviously got to look out for even if he does hurt Verdum, he's got to watch out about trying to go in and finish him because he he will wrap you up like he wrapped up Fedor, so uh, like he's wrapped up many people in the in the in the past with uh, pretending he's he's more hurt than he is and getting people on on top of him. Mm-hmm. So it's an, it, it is an interesting it is an interesting one. Um, it's definitely it's definitely. Uh, it could definitely go. There's a couple of metal victories in there. There's Verdum. It wouldn't be that surprised if Verdum was able to to land a big strike as well. Like especially as as we're talking about with the heavyweight power. But I I, I think if Verdum gets to the ground, he'll probably be able to finish it. Yeah, yeah, I I, I tend to agree with that as well. Uh, right, let's move on and let's talk about a guy. Well, who mentioned real quick. Uh, Paul what? Craig is, is on the card. Uh, yeah. Stevie Ray's on the card. Uh, uh, Danny Roberts against Oliver M. Camp. So there's uh, Stevie Ray, like, you know, Stevie Ray, 
he was on the MMA air saying he's struggled with uh, like depression and stuff. So uh, uh, fair play to him coming out and saying it. Like it's a bit taboo in the in the past to come out and say that, but it's good that like in, in these days people seem to be willing to come out and just kind of call it as it is and not be not be ashamed of something they shouldn't be ashamed of. So fair play to him on that one. He had a he had a, a TKO loss to, to Paul Felder in his last one. Before that, he, he had a couple of nice wins over Ross Pearson and Joe Lozon. So, uh, yeah, I, I expect a big crowd. He always has good support as well. So you expect a big crowd down from Scotland with, with Craig, Ray, and uh, Danny Henry on the card from, from Scotland. Can you please say Stevie Ray's proper name, please? What? Can you play, say his proper title, his proper name, Stevie Ray, please? What's his proper title? Stevie fucking Ray. Well, Will fucking Flurry. They should yeah. fight for it. Yeah, it would be a bit of a size difference. His nickname is yeah. not Braveheart, though, is it? Braveheart. Yeah, they, made, they made him change it. You can't go to the UFC and call yourself uh, Nick, or what's his name? Uh, Stevie fucking Ray. You know, that's just it's not happening. Stevie fucking Ray. Steve, Stevie feckin' Ray. <laughs> Will feckin' Fury. I like that. They'll probably leave that. Right, let's move on and talk about Nick Newell, who made his comeback uh, after three years out of the cage this week. Hashtag MMA retirements to fight Sunny Luke. <laughs> and he won in two minutes and ten seconds of the very first round at the LFA tournament. 35 via face crank if you don't if you listen to this podcast don't know who nick newell is he is a fighter who has one arm his arm was i don't know was he born without it or was it amputated? but i think he was born born, without it yeah and he has a little bit of a stump just past his elbow but he's a really good fighter really good wrestler um he's 14 and one now with his only loss coming an absolute war against justin gaethje which he got dominated in which i think made a lot of people not question him fighting, but question his high class potential because of that handicap. And you have, like, let's be honest here, you know, fighting an MMA with one arm is very, very tough for anyone, but he does really well. Yeah. Very good wrestler, good submissions. What, particularly what particularly good chokes. He, he, when he gets somebody's back, he, he seems to get the rear naked choke uh, pretty sharpish. Um, so, yeah, he's de- like, yeah, it's definitely a huge uh, thing to overcome, uh, especially like against somebody like Justin Gaethje, who's who's vicious and violent and, and even blocking punches on, on that side is, is much more difficult. So it's definitely a hindrance and he's done unbelievably well. To, what is he, 12 and one, is it? Uh, 14 and one, no. 14 and one, yeah. yeah, 14 and one. So he's like, you know, he's fighting World Series of Fighting. Like he's, in, he's, he's fighting guys who are good. Like looking at his record here, one second. In, in in World Series of Fighting, he his first fight was against a guy who was nine and one. The second eight and three, then Justin Gaethje eleven and zero, then eleven or twelve and seven, seven and three, and ten and six. So like these these guys aren't are, are experienced fighters, you know. These yeah. these aren't bums like, and he was the the, the champion at XFC before that. So he's mm-hmm. no joke, and it's it's i don't know i don't know why i can't remember why he retired and i don't know why he what's changed and why he's back maybe he just missed the the, the buzz and the adrenaline and all that stuff but it's it's good to see him back he's an interesting guy uh, he seems like from interviews he seems like a, a level-headed nice guy and it, it's good for like you know he's a good inspiration to people as well who mm-hmm. people other people who have disabilities yeah i think i think he should get a chance in the ufc 14 and 1 he's proven he can do it as you mentioned the guys he beat there are no bums you know if someone else you know with with two hands had this record you'd be of course talking about them getting into the ufc you know only, as i said only lost justin gaethje i i think why not you know it's i don't think it's going to do anything bad you can you can teach people about him uh you know what he's like that i think they have a good relationship with lfa so i'm sure you'll be able to get that footage uh if you wanted for the for the ufc and and uh and use it i think he should be get, getting given a chance in in the ufc to be honest and uh, i think before there was a little bit of 
you know, a little bit of trepidation about it, maybe because of the aesthetics or something. But I think you, it's something you'd have to explain. I think he's a marketable guy. He's always, uh, Ariel says it, he's always much watched TV and 100% he is. I remember there was actually another another guy fighting. I think it was Bellator a few years ago who had um who had a similar a similar disability and he and they they had a a glove um taped on to his to his uh, stub or maybe that's insensitive to say or whatever you'd call it. I'm I'm not trying to be insensitive, but they they would the UFC make Nick Neal wear wear a glove or why was why was this this guy in Bellator made, uh, made wear a glove on a second one? Um, that's a bit. That's but like, yeah. I don't think he should have to wear a glove. Um, but um, I think I think yeah, I think you're right. I think he does deserve a shot at the UFC. Or like, if you see don't want them, I'm sure Bellator could couldn't promote him well. Like, it's definitely a good story there. You could see, you could see some mainstream outlets picking up on this story. It's it's a bit different. It's a it's a it's a heartwarming story that he's managed to come so far. I'm sure he was told in the past. You know, this isn't getting into MMA you're going to get yourself hurt here and he's proven everybody wrong so fair play to him like he's done really well and it'd be great to see him in the UFC what I want to know is how do you prepare for a fight with Nick Newell like who do you get in for for sparring to prepare for a guy like Nick Newell do you just you know do you just prepare high high kicks with your right foot for the whole time <laughs> like it's it's weird like because uh, he is you know it's it's obviously a, a major disability in everything but it, it it's actually like awkward for the people fighting him, and it, he uses it to his advantage. You know, he, the elbow he draws with that arm is absolutely, you know, brilliant. He's always trying to include very, very good in close. So, as you said, his chokes, unbelievable. You know, he won. I think it was a neck crank he won by last night. So you know, Nick Newell is no joke, and yeah, I think I think the UFC really should come calling for him. And uh, yeah, I, I'd love to see it. Maybe maybe he needs one more fight, uh, fight back. Maybe choke someone else out and and then get in there. But uh, yeah, right. Let's move on to. There's talk this week about uh, Bisping fighting Rockhold for a third time for Bisping's retirement fight. Luke Rockhold said to Damon Martin, I believe, that if they did fight and Bisping beat him, he'd retire too. And I know, you know, it's, he's all talk, like, but <laughs> absolute bullshit. Yeah, but still, you know, they're building up to this fight. I don't think it makes any sense for Michael Bisping to be honest. Why would yeah, you want yeah. to change? It's not going to get any better from you knocking Luke Rockhold's spark out. And getting up in the cage and writing "fuck you," <laughs> writing and roaring "fuck you" at him, and you know, I in just the fashion Michael Wisping does. Like, it, I don't think it does anything for him. You know, it's probably it's a big fight, all right. But I think the likes I know Vitor's fighting Machida, but the two of them would be a big fight for him again. Nick Diaz, I think if he there's talks about him coming back. I think some Dana mentioned it recently. That'd be a big fight. I just I don't I don't think this is the right fight for Wisping. What do you think? Yeah, if I was Bisping, I, I I probably wouldn't. I'd be looking for if it, if it is going to be my retirement fight, I'd be looking to go out and win. And uh, the Rockall fight is a really tough fight for Bisping. I know he knocked him out in the last one, but uh, the first one went very very differently. I think Luke Rockall was overconfident um, in in the rematch because of that first one, and because Bisping was coming off a movie set uh, on short what was it like ten days notice or something. Mm -hmm. yeah. So yeah, I can't get like. The, the the lasting memory of the of the Bisbing Rockhold feud is Bisbing knocking him out. So as you said, it doesn't really get any better than that for Bisbing. Um, the Vitor fight, he he doesn't like Vitor. Um, when he fought Vitor, Vitor was uh was on some 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 uh, dick pills, and um, 
uh, yeah, and he grayed it. Like Bisping's always like kind of half grayed out. He he caused that, so I could see Bisping wanting to to put a beat down on Vitor Belfort and get revenge in that one. And Vitor is not the not the fighter he was anymore. So I'd say if I was Bisping, I'd probably be looking for that one. Yeah, or let's just retire now and don't fight anymore. You know, he's not left to prove. I don't think gone out and gone I'd say out he, and, he definitely know. wants another payday uh, at least. I'd say he'd probably be fighting more than one. To be honest, if I had to bet. Yeah, I, I'd agree as well. He probably will. Uh, all right, let's move on and let's get your questions uh, in here. You can tweet them all week to at Severe MMA Pod. Um, you can email Severe MMA Podcast at gmail.com. Or if you want a guaranteed question, you can sign up for our $10 uh, Patreon service and become, uh, what is it? A gold member, I believe. Is that what yeah. it is? Yeah, there you go. And you can have your question guaranteed. And if you are one of those people, Send them over to you can either send them as a message on Patreon to us or you can send them to the email address severe uh podcast at gmail.com and we'll you're guaranteed to have your question answered on this podcast. So there you go. And if you want us to make you a personalized uh 15 minute podcast on any question or topic you want, the $20 Patreon um section is for that. So you know, if you've ever wanted us to talk about the, the, the Derek Lewis for 15 minutes. We'll do that for you. So yeah, and there's, there's five or six spaces left on that uh, that uh, tier that you get the the notorious documentary prize mm-hmm. as well, which I, as I said earlier is a, a poster from the premiere or or a DVD. Yeah. So, so if yeah. you want to get if you want to get that, then you better be quick. Yeah. Um, before we get to the questions, let's give a quick shout out to the people who signed up: Sean Boyle, Jonathan Griffin, Owen Leonard, Burger Nicholson, Tanner Hampson, Sean Boyle, Jonathan Griffin, Owen Leonard, Burger Nicholson. Is there two? Hold on, did I read that twice? I think I did. Oh no, maybe not. Uh, Sean Walker, Declan McElroy, Michael Conroy, Simon Darty, Owen McNamee, Jeremy Potter, come on, Jeremy, Andy Dignan, Zach uh, Redmond, Lee Garrity, Fergal Ian, Stephen Doyle. Oh, I'm reading these again. Uh, Andy Cowan. Uh, Ryan Galler, Ryan Evans, David Shannon, John Hinton, I can't say that name, Brian Harrington, Callum David, Patrick Sheen, come on Patrick, Karina Callahan, thanks Karina, big supporter, uh, Ben Forsyth, good man Ben, Jack Durges, legend, uh, Barry Walsh, Bobby Costigan, Andy Hall, Carl Egan, Mahood, uh, Dalton Stickney, Philip O'Connor, go on Philip, Andy McCarroll, legend, uh, we've already Andy's topic actually up on the Patreon about UFC Dublin, Podrick Vaughan, David Mulgrave, one was, uh, Ryan Byrne, Derek Kelly, Connor, Andy, oh Connor, does someone just call Connor, do you reckon that's Connor McGregor, he's after signing up to just put his name down as Connor. Give us a give us <laughs> I reckon it is. Thanks, thanks, Connor. Thanks, Notorious. Uh, Andy Stevenson. Come on, Andy. Tiernan Kennedy, Jim, Aaron O'Callaghan, Sean Denny, Aaron Cullen, Evan Keevney. Boom. You're all a bunch of legends. Got of Mahagut. Thanks very much. Right, let's get into the questions, Graham. Uh Nick and Day Q and hasn't signed up yet, actually. Come on, Nate. Come on, get signing, Nate. Come on, Nickel Day Q and A. Peer True. pressure. Peer, peer pressure. pressure. Peer pressure, yeah. Give us money. <laughs> Give us money. <laughs> <laughs> we were actually did you put it in, in the end? We were gonna put one of them for sound cunts only, but I I have you you didn't you took Oh that I didn't there? actually know, no, I forgot to we were talking about that actually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So if you're a sound cunt, go there, patreon.com forward slash severe man podcast. True or false, two or more Irish fighters will be signed to the UFC for the Dublin card. False. Two or more. I reckon Carl Moore and Reds are will, so I'm gonna go true. Tom Duke and Watt will be a UFC champion. Ooh, false. I think he'll be up there, but um, at the moment, until he sorts out that defensive wrestling, I'm going to have to go false. True. Fuck you all. Team Sheehan for life. Uriah Faber will fight this year. This year? What month are we? False. Oh, another... I'm going to say true. Oh, I hope another, not. Another nine months. Brock Lesnar will fight John Jones. Ever. 
Uh, false. I'm going to go false as well. Dylan Dennis will fight in Bellator in 2018. Doesn't he have a fight coming up in like Dylan? a month's time? Yeah. Uh, an MMA fight? Yeah. I don't think so. I, I, I think, yeah. Heard. April, yeah. I think he's been given a fight for April. I might be wrong. No, well, I don't. Let, let me check the topology here, hopefully. Okay, you do that and I'll read the next one. UFC 223 will do over 800,000 pay-per-view buys. Well, hold on a second now. Which, which card is UFC 223? Is that the Habib UFC yeah. 223? What else is on that? Hold on, let me... Let me oh, it's a great card. It they have Joanna Rose rematch. They have... Oh, yeah. Um, no, that's not that's not doing eight hundred thousand boys. No way. Yeah, I'd be shocked if it did. To be honest, I'd say yeah. more more four hundred. Yeah, if it did five hundred thousand, that'd be a huge huge success for that card. So yeah, false. Uh, duh, 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 duh. Luke Rockhold and Mike Bis- Michael Bisping will complete their trilogy. Do you think that happens, Graham? Uh, false. False. Just looking uh, at the Dennis, they, they don't have anything on topology. They just have him. The only thing they have is a grappling bout win over Joe Lozon back in 2015. Listed, there's no upcoming fights, but maybe that just hasn't. Maybe it hasn't been announced officially yet, or maybe it's in the works. Or mm-hmm. okay, uh, let's look at a few of these questions. Europe MMA, Europe underscore MMA, with Terry Brazier wanting to drop to lightweight and challenge for the title. Do you think Brazier versus Reese McKee makes the most sense next? That's a pretty good fight, isn't it? That'd be a great fight, yeah. Um. I'd love to see Reese against Marius Gamrod as well. I'd love to see Reds against Gamrod as well. Um, <laughs> I don't know why, but I think Gamrod is there for the taking. Like I think, I think Norman had him there if he hadn't uh, failed his way to a to a no contest. Um, I'd be looking, I'd be looking at that because I think that's going to bring big attention. I think that's the the fight all top lightweights should be looking at because I think I think he's a good fighter and all that, but uh, Gamrod, but uh, I think I think. He's a, he's a feasible win that would get a lot of attention and and put a lot of eyes on you. Mm-hmm, the Bama the Bama KSW thing probably now that Bama he's or Reese is probably going to defend his uh, defend his Bama title next, so that very doubtfully or that definitely won't be against Cameron. Yeah. Uh, on McNamee over on Patreon asks, how did you get caught up with the whole mess of MMA when you started uh, watching it first? And what were your first memorable fights that you went back and watched and, and the favorite moments, stuff like that? Like, uh, for me, I I think it was like tough two or three, maybe. Uh, so I went back and watched a couple of seasons of tough uh, at the time and then like caught up with Forrest Griffin uh, and Rashad Evans and stuff and then went, went and watched all their fights. They were hard to find at that time. I remember for years I couldn't, I think it was actually, it was a good bit after that though. Uh, that I couldn't find a lot of their Forrest Griffin and, and Trish Evans fight, but those were the kind of two I started with at the start, and then kind of Rampage fights. Obviously, I'd watched a bit of Chuck Liddell as well and stuff, and, and kind of just caught up on them. Like, when I started watching MMA first, yeah, just, you know, I was, I watched a shitload of fights. I went back and watched, um, uh, you know, all the, loads of the pride fights and all it's a bit harder to remember them when you weren't watching them live so but still i think it's it's fun to learn and we were talking about their over on patreon i'm not sure people do that as much uh anymore there's not, there's not enough time just like yeah. it used to be what a card every three weeks a card every month so you were kind of looking for for more fights to watch now it's just fights everywhere even when the UFC's not on there's this bama there's cage warriors there's ksw there's acb there's bellator there's, there's just cards going everywhere um so there's, there's less time to go back and watch and i think um new fans back in the day de- back years ago used to used to 
kind of catch up on most of the most of the important history of, of the sport but now it's just it's a longer history of way more fights it's harder to catch up on there's way more fighters there's way more shows um i i basically used to i used to i started downloading old ufcs and um ahead of ahead of cards there'd be there'd be three weeks to build up so there'd be a lot of talk and you'd be able to find like career packs so you download like you know anderson silva's career pack and would have like all the fights that are available online in that pack and you could watch it through like the progression like fedor chuck liddell all these guys download the career packs just watch them through download all pay-per-views watch them um yeah i used to, I used to love watching fedor we used to love watching anderson silva um rampage as well wanderlei uh loads of fighters like aldo uh big fan of aldo when i first got into the sport mm-hmm. um yeah, there's actually loads of fighters I can barely remember, but I used to, yeah, I used to look look through back through the career packs a lot. Yeah, I yeah, I think like that's good way of doing it. Like, and if you even want, like, if you're a new fan and you haven't watched the gold ones, like, go back and watch all those Forrest Griffin fights. A lot of them are really fun. Like, even the Anderson Silva one where he got knocked out, that was fun. Or the old Rashad, like Rashad Evans yeah. versus Chuck Liddell. Watch all the Chuck Liddell fights. I do that. I maybe it's about three years now since I did it, but it, uh, again after watching it, you know, years ago as well. But it's it's always fun to do that. Uh, Sean Boyle over on Patreon as well. Does Reese does Reese's win make him the front runner now to get a shot on UFC Dublin? We kind of discussed that earlier, but I don't think I think Crawford still is the front runner. Yeah, yeah. That's if he can win that, he can win that heavyweight belt. As we said, the the Conor McGregor headlines, first man since Conor McGregor to hold two cage warriors belts, will create a bit of buzz. All the the entertainment and wider sports and and clickbait websites will pick up on that and there'll be a bit of bit of buzz and Carl, Carl's obviously a really good fighter as well on top of that so um yeah i think i think uh i think Carl Moore is probably the front runner but Reese definitely put himself in a much better position um with that complete dominance of, of Tim Barnett mm-hmm. there was a bit of a chat as well about Jack Durges and Sean Boyle over on Patreon about the 145 pound division asking about Megan Anderson and stuff but the kind of main kind of thing is what do they do with that 145 pound division and how do they make a division out of it like I, I actually don't think they can you know, someone I think what Sean Boyle mentioned they should make maybe a tough uh, for 145 pound I just don't think the talent is there I think this is it's not a division this is just cyborg marking people like honestly and I'm I'm to be honest I'm okay with that you know I uh, it's it's never going to it's never going to be made into a division i don't think unless a lot of people come through and maybe they will because they see cyborg you know but for the moment uh i don't think it's um it's happening to be honest uh in mclean do you think gsp drabs on too much about legacy did you hear this week he, he was on with ariel and he was talking about uh he wants to come back for a legacy fight and all this and he named out all the guys and then he said none of them are legacy fights so it's hard to know but gsp to me and i was who someone else said i think it was chael son but i think patrick had on the car he's listened to it and i've i've i taught this for years like gsp is like the least self-aware MMA fighter in the world but it's kind of endearing you know most people who are very not self-aware are are kind of annoying or you know a bit of idiots and stuff but he it's endearing on him because it's like he's like uh I don't know he's like untouched by the MMA insanity I don't know it's it's weird for GSP and it's like as Chell said like he is the legacy fight you know it's <laughs> whoever he fights is not going to be a legacy fight you know him just fighting is the legacy but I don't know. Legacy well, I think is what GSP is what GSP is probably hinting at is, can I fight Conor McGregor, please? But he even said Conor McGregor, and he kind of said no after that. And I don't know. Mm. Yeah, that's weird. 
Uh, try it. Rootless UFC. Who will win between Poirier and Gaethje? I think Gaethje oh. wins. It's a, it's a, that's a great, great fight. Um, I think Poirier is, is underrated, but yeah, I'd probably go with Gaethje. I think he's just going to bring it hard early. And it's, uh, Poirier, like he's been finished before with, with big shots. And I think I think uh, hurt before many times with big shots. I think Gaethje's going to be able to hurt him. And I think Gaethje's got good killer instinct. So uh, yeah, I'd go with Gaethje. Yeah, uh, I'd go with Gaethje too, yeah. Lord Gavin Springett, at Gavin Springett, friend of the podcast. Who's a better rapper, Tupac or Biggie? <sighs> I, I, I like both of them. Um, whew, I don't know. They're very different. It depends what mood you're in, really, doesn't it? Yeah. I like Tupac, I think, is more of... An angry mood got, yeah, rapper. But he's, but he's more of, <laughs> he's more of a, like a singer-rapper, but he's obviously a great rapper. But Biggie's songs, I think, are very much kind of rap songs, you know? So if you're saying rapper... I'd probably say Biggie, but if you're saying artist, I'd probably say Tupac. Well, I like them both as well. Uh, Bin Cartilage. Are the Killers the single most overrated band in the history of modern music? If they were anyone <laughs> middle of the road, it'd be Central Reservation. Graham, I'll let you answer this one. Um, I, I like the Killers. They're, they're, they're probably a little bit... Of, yeah, they're overrated, I think. Um, I think they're underrated because people think, are obviously on other shoot. You know? Well, like their two best songs are, are a Dire Straits song and a Marcy song. <laughs> Julia, the dice was loaded from the start. And did not Why don't you find it for yourself? They do a good rendition of both of them, though. In my heart. Do you ever hear him singing? Um, uh, she's got Betty Davis eyes. It's really good. Yeah, I actually have. Yeah, I saw them at an electric picnic as well, and, and they were very good. Um, yeah. My mate Roycer was uh, was there with me, and he 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 didn't want to go to the killers. He was mad against it. He wanted to go to some other. DJ or something, and nobody would go with him. So he he reluctantly came to the killers and pretended like he was having a shit time for a while. But we managed to make him admit that it was good crack. And by the end of it, he was up on my shoulders having the, having the crack. So legend, go on, right, sir. Uh, Patrick Sheen, do you think GSP McGregor fight could beat May Mac pay per view numbers? No, not a hope. No, definitely not. Not a hope. What do you think of? He asked as well. What do you think of Dylan Dennis training at SBG for his MMA fight? Yeah, I think it's good. Well, makes sense. Yeah, yeah, he knows them all. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, uh, Farron Connolly asked about Dominic Wooding. We t- yeah, we talked about him. Another yeah, very b- good display. He could be a UFC prospect coming up soon. Uh, Irish MMA 194. Will Flory versus Fabian Edwards. Would you like to see that one, Graham? I I wouldn't because they're both up and coming, and I don't think there's any need to to fight each other. Um, I don't think like it's not padding your record not fighting that guy. Like you know, it's it's it's. Yeah. It just makes sense to not fight somebody that difficult for for what like fucking five hundred quid or a grand or something. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah, but uh, Keen Keating as well. Uh, Spammer coming back to Dublin. I believe it's May twelfth, the same day as Scrap Romania, which me and Pete's are planning going to, but now can't. Who do you think will headline that card? Reese McKee, maybe. Yeah, well, if Reese McKee's on the card, you'd assume that the the title fight would be at the top. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Yeah, that that kind of makes sense. I presume. Uh, Irish oh, men. Oh, uh, we forgot to mention Brian Moore. Did we mention Brian Moore last week? Oh no, yeah, his his fight was announced for this week, wasn't it? Yeah, he's Mitchell. um he's also on the uh, the, the what is it Belfort one nine six that James Gallagher is uh James Gallagher is, is main eventing against another undefeated guy. So uh yeah, good good Irish interest in that card. Hopefully. Hopefully we'll be able to watch it uh, live. Uh, haven't heard anything yet, but uh, we'll, we'll reach out to Bellator. Hopefully, hopefully they'll have that sorted. Yeah, He's yeah, it's a big fight called, for uh, the Bell, Bell Santi. I've mm-hmm. never heard of him, but uh, 
uh, yeah, it's, it's good. He's seven, six, and one. Um, Brian's obviously ten and six. He 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 looked really good against AJ McKee in his last fight before he ended up losing, but uh, it was a really good fight, and I think it kind of won him a good few fans because there's, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of interest in AJ McKee. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing that. Yeah, he's like, I was at the last fight we were both out and watching from Kate's side. You could really see how much he's improved and how good he actually is as a fighter. I've always rated him, but he, I think he put it up there recently that he's just gone full time into training now. Uh, so you know, you should be seeing more leaps and bounds coming out of him. Really looking forward to that fight. Yeah, so that's on the sixth of April in Budapest, Hungary. Beautiful. If anyone wants to fly out, uh, Mr. Podge, friend of the podcast, best friend of the podcast, go on, Mr. Podge. Um, he said, "How big will Cyborg versus Nunes be if Nunes wins her next fight?" Uh, yeah, I was. We were kind of. Was it last? No, we were talking about it during the week. I think Cyborg has or Nunes has announced a fight against uh, uh, Pennington. What's her, what's her first name? Raquel Pennington. Raquel Pennington. I, I was. I don't know. I was calling her Rebecca there for a second. Raquel Pennington. Yeah, which is <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that fight. I think she deserves a title shot. It's a good fight, but. Last week, I think we were talking about it, and uh, I, I just don't think that's the right fight to make. Why, why are you chanting Nunes like against Pennington when the Cyborg fight is there to make? Like it makes no sense. You, the only challenger for Cyborg is Nunes, and you're risking her losing her title. And you, yeah. who, who people will remember Nunes from the Rousey Rousey return as well. So yeah, I, 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 I think I said last week I prefer Cyborg to get a couple more quick knockouts, but not yeah. Nunes though, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 weird. Uh, Mr. Podges, I'll ask about Cynthia Calvillo. She got suspended for six months by USADA yeah. testing period for uh, marijuana. But how stupid you have to be to fail for fucking marijuana in in cage? Like, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I, I know it's against the rules, and once you break the rules, fair enough, you get the ban. That's that makes perfect sense. But just it's stupid. Like, but it's stupid on the ban list. It's a stupid rule, but a stupid fucking mistake as well. Yeah, it is. Yeah, uh, six months means nothing. Though six months is basically uh, you. You might you, you might have fought like what four months after, so like it basically makes no difference. Um, Mr. Podge quotes a Muki Alexander tweet here and asks about the welterweight division. Muki said, as pointed out by quite a few on Twitter, now a single top ten UFC welterweight or the champion obviously is currently booked to fight right now. Only Usman Ooh, competed in weird. 2018. That that is a bit mad, isn't it? That welterweight division is like. It's it's very odd because they all seem to be not I'm not avoiding each other might be the, the strong word, but they all seem to be like, okay, Wonderboy has had his fight now, you know, Dosanios used to be the champion, Colby's trying to get that fight, Robbie Lawler's not getting the fight, Damian Maya's not getting the fight, Masvidal. How's Masvidal ranked fucking number six still? He's, <sighs> he must be the most overrated fighter in the world to be still be ranked. How the fuck is he ranked number six? I don't know, dude, like yeah. Like we know what Masvidal does, he hasn't really improved that much, and people were getting no. re-excited about him as if he was some kind of prospect there a couple of fights ago. It was strange to me. He he seems to fight at whatever level his his opponent fights at until he gets to the very top level where he 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 just gets beaten. But he's a good fighter and all. But yeah, I, I it's a strange one. Like I I'd definitely pick Till over him. I'd pick Usman over him. Um, Ponzinibbio. Hmm. Yeah, I'd probably pick Ponzinibbio over him as well. Yeah, but Ponzinibbio should definitely be ranked above over him. He's uh, like Ponzinibbio has won loads of good fights recently, and yeah, Gunnar Nelson, I think Gunnar over him. Cerrone, that's a good fight. That's a good fight. Mm-hmm. Cerrone, yeah, I, I don't know why he's ranked six. I don't know what you know. These rankings are terrible. 
All right, that's it from us this week. Thanks very much, everybody. Thanks, everyone who listened. Thanks, everyone who signed up on Patreon. And as I said, if you haven't signed up yet, go over to patreon.com forward slash severe and me. We won't be shiting on about it as much. You know, give us the first couple of weeks to shite on about it. So try to get uh, try to get things going. But we'll be back to normal pretty soon. And as I said, this podcast will always be free here on a Sunday or Monday or Tuesday. You know, one of those days when it comes out for an hour, hour and a half every week. So that's never going to change. Everything we're adding is additional stuff, premium content. Uh, so you know if you're not just signing up to help us out you're signing up to get actually really good content as well original content uh, of mma so yeah. said, this week sean actually finally you can you can watch the rewatch uh, mm. the rewatch of the mendez mcgregor and sean finally admits that uh, i was right all along people seem to like that i wasn't sure i thought it might be a bit boring or something but everyone i've talked about it liked it so that's that's good to know if, if you uh uh, if you want to listen to that, it's over on our Patreon. So that's it. Send us in questions all week. We'll still be answering your questions here at Severe Pod, Severe Podcast at gmail.com. Anything else, Instagram? No, that's it. Beautiful. Right. Here's the inspirational quote of the week Be who you are and say what you feel because those who mind don't matter and those who matter don't mind. We'll see you next Tuesday or Monday or Sunday.